Welcome to Blackcast 134. I am Christian Blatt, host of the Blackcast on Twitter at Christian DMZ. Blackcast itself on Twitter at B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. And you know, I did a whole Blackcast last week. I forgot to promote Blackcast.com. Always go to Blackcast.com. You can find all the episodes, at least right now. You can find every Blackcast episode at Blackcast.com if you click on the right links. Uh, joined to my left by Coltrane on Twitter at Coltrane Leaks. Coltrane, Hello. there he is. And of course, at Will Sterling underscore. That at Will Sterling guy still never got back to you. Huh? No. Still hmm. like one tweet. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I have grandkids. That's why I got this. Yeah. That's why I got Dick. the That's why I got the twatter. That's why I got the twatter. Uh so welcome back to the Black Cast. Uh we uh had so much great response to last week's episode, we decided to do another one. No, we always get great responses. Come on now. I was going to say, it's always nice when Heather and Felix listen. No, <laughs> hey, funny thing about Sing. that. Felix actually, uh, Heather was listening, uh, I don't remember which one, but one of the one, oh, the one about pubes. Heather was listening to that on her phone, like on the speaker, and uh, Felix recognized my voice, was kind of like, you know, responded to it. And then that's when it's like, well, yeah, but the content of the Blackcast is not appropriate for Felix, especially when Uncle Liev is on the show. But even if Uncle Liev were not on that show, that one, you know, there was a lot of talk about manscaping and, you know. I mean, look, these are things he's going to need to know one day. True. But he's yeah, not ready for that. that, you know. He can't handle the truth. Anyway, so one of the things that I teased – Coltrane, the last time that we did the Blackcast, yes. I talked about O.J. Simpson, <laughs> who is apparently miserable in prison because his female fans have stopped sending cash. First of all, shame on you, women, sending O.J. Simpson cash. Uh, Coltrane, your thoughts on uh, why the juice is uh, upset? I mean, you know, like he's... He's got to get his money right, you know, and he does need to make that paper. And uh, you know, when the ladies stop, uh, they stop sending you the cash. That's no good. I mean, he fi- probably figured like he's a celebrity, he'd be able to ride it out for a while sure. and still like get that money. I mean, I'm sure that my other that that my true girlfriend uh, Jody Arias is still getting money because uh, you know because you send her a little something every couple weeks. Yeah, I'm just saying, just you know. saying, you know. And if she ever wants to, you know, send you anything in return, then you know that's that's great. It's not why you send her the money. True that. True you do that. that because she's a friend. <laughs> true that. True yeah. that. You ever send her like baked goods, like zucchini bread and stuff? <laughs> uh, I have not, oh. but I've I've never made zucchini bread. So well, if I'm, there was anyone you'd yeah. make it for, Jody Arias. Yeah. You're probably right. Yeah. Probably right. So, yeah, like, I mean, look, being in prison sucks, but if you're getting money from uh, the ladies, I feel like it probably was a little bit better for him. But now, sort of, I, I feel like it's probably the more the realization that, oh, wait, so now I'm in prison, I'm going to be here for a long time, and the ladies aren't going to, like, keep sending me stuff. So, hmm, that's not really working out so well for the Jews. So I feel like... This might be him finally realizing that the whole being in prison thing is not really like, oh, it's not so bad. I'm the juice. But now it's kind of like, uh-oh, this is no fun. Think about the juice's life 25 years ago, where he was. He you was know? jumping suitcases in Hertz commercials. Yeah. He, <laughs> he was Nordberg in the Naked Gun movies. He had a hot 
wife that he hadn't killed yet. (laughs) And allegedly, allegedly, he was acquitted. OJ, (laughs) yeah, but he was you know financially responsible. So the civil trial, in the civil trial, not criminally. Anyway, so so OJ was on top of the world. You know, and last week you were talking about people trying to take Tom Brady down. True, true. Look what the world did to OJ. OJ <laughs> was on top of the world, and then OJ Simpson had to come along and fuck it up for OJ. O- allegedly. You know, OJ had everything, and then OJ fucked it up for OJ. Uh, I hate those kind of stories. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, one of those uh, old classic old uh, tragic tales of, uh, you know. Tales old as time. That's, see, I was going to go for that, but I, you know, couldn't it's all right. quickly. So, uh, you know, it's a uh, conquering hero, uh, part of the uh, electric company up in Buffalo with the Bills. And, uh, yeah, now he is um, on a chain gang. Yeah. So, uh, and life, the, and, and not as good. And, how and the, the ladies are not sending him paper. Fallen. Yeah. yeah how the, mighty how have how fallen. Mighty. Well, so uh, what should we learn from this story of O.J. Simpson? Um, oh, yeah, don't murder someone. Uh, and, you know, and some other dude. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, some other dude who's also there. And then if you get away with it, don't break into a hotel room to get some of your sports memorabilia back. I just... It's really... That's still one of the that's, things that... That's the thing that just... Out of, as, out of everything. As, if you do something wrong and you get away with it, whatever the reason... George Zimmerman. Don't... Yeah. Another, another fucking knucklehead. Yeah. But it's like, just don't do anything. Disappear right off into the sunset. Yeah. He was golfing for a lot of his life. You know what? That's fine. Go on the golf course. Just do nothing. But it's like when you do, you just sit there and you can't stop doing, you have to keep doing stupid things. You can't get out of your own way. It's like, eventually this stuff is going to catch up with you. You got off. Like, no matter, you know, like, again, we keep throwing the allegedly because, you know, legal purposes and stuff. But it's like, seriously, you got off. So it's like, just fade off into the sunset. Yeah. Don't Go anywhere else. Yeah. You know? No, you know, don't, you know, as reprehensible as murder is, it's not a stupid crime. It's stupid to think you can get away with it, maybe. But there's a lot of reasons why people do it. Now, breaking into a hotel room to get your memorabilia out, that's a stupid crime. Especially when you've already allegedly gotten away with something much bigger. Right. And everybody... People are watching O.J. Simpson to make sure that he slips up so they can get him. Like, I remember before that, you know, he was, like, stealing DirecTV or something. I remember (laughs) that before that happened. You know, so, like, he he was, like, he'd stolen it from, like, a neighbor's house. I forget what the story was. I don't remember it well enough. So, it's like, he he just can't... O.J. can't help O.J., you know? Yeah. I I just... It it just is one of those things that, that really, like, boggles the mind. And it just really demonstrates sometimes the lack of intelligence that some people have because it just like the fact that you think that you can just keep going back and everything's still going to be fine it you have to understand that at some point everything's going to catch up to you you were given a gift to get out of jail free and it, it wasn't monopoly you got out of jail free so just go away like the fact that you just keep doing dumb things i mean I, it does like survival of the fittest, man. You're going to get caught. The ser- life on the Serengeti. <laughs> life on the Serengeti. Now, uh, Agent Starling, your thoughts on how sad should we feel for O.J. Simpson because his female fans have stopped sending him money in prison? Should we feel bad for the juice? No. Every time you guys keep saying the juice, I keep thinking you're saying the juice. We would never say that. Okay. We so love the I juice. Keep getting We're good friends with the juice. You're saying, O.J. Simpson. Well, I know you know that who answer, he is. Yes. Because you've seen the naked guy. Thousands of years yeah. of oppression. Yeah. Um, 
No, don't feel bad for him at all. Also, he suffers from what a lot of wealthy people suffer from, which is like, uh, I don't know, there's probably a term for it, and I feel like I see it in LA all the time. It's like, it has to be a psychological problem where you, you you, because you are a celebrity or you are wealthy or both of those or one of those, you feel like consequences and things do not apply to you. Agreed. And that there's no risk involved in doing something fucking dumb, like breaking into a hotel room. That's why really wealthy people just like fucking park their Maseratis in really precarious places. Like, no one's going to hit my car. Yeah. It's like, you absolutely can't guarantee that. No, exactly. Why would you no, do something and it, so stupid? Look, it's a great point. And that is the problem. Obviously, celebrity right. makes you feel like you can get away with things. And then you get away with the little things. And then you're like... Oh, well, then you get away with the big well, yeah, fucking thing. Yeah, like, all right, well, I can sneak into my old house and murder my ex-wife and some dude who's there with her and then just pretend I was napping, resting up for the flight to Chicago, allegedly. Right. So, yeah, it's true. You can get away with And look, celebrities can get away with a lot of things. They can get away with uh, some decent-sized things. In OJ's case, he allegedly got away with something really big and then something small is what hung up. Yeah. It's like Al Capone getting hung up for uh, tax evasion, right? You know, it's, it was the uh, the Texas teen kid who got who got off on killing people because of the affluenza defense. That's right. It was the entitlement thing. It's like, oh, he was given too much, so we didn't realize there were consequences. Right. That kind of thing. Right. That kind of thing. Exactly. Well, uh, look, there's other people. There's varying degrees of celebrity and Coltrane. I know that there is a group of people who are very well known for you know not really doing anything. There's a family that is in the public eye, that I know you have a lot you would like to say about. So I'm going to give Coltrane the floor, and then Agent Starling and I will chime in as we feel necessary. It, uh, God. So tell, of course, explain who we're talking about. We're we're talking about the uh, 19 Kids and Counting, the uh, the Duggars, the Duggars. I don't don't know how to, whatever. And it's just one of those things. It's the, they came across as holier than thou. They came across as, they were better than everyone else. And I feel like that's why when everything started to fall apart for them, it like everyone just jumped on them and was against them. It's if you per- like if you're trying to like portray life, like trying to live your life in a good way and everything, that's fine. It's when you try to portray yourself as better than other people and you start coming out against like different groups. Like you're against interracial dating, you're against gay marriage because you're you're talking about how like your way is the right way and like everyone else is like committing sins and they're not as good. And then it's like, oh, you guys covered up like when your son was like molesting young girls and it's like, oh, but that's okay because he was young and everything. It's like you. No, didn't, yeah, they co- they didn't just cover up like oh, you know, our kid was shoplifting. They right. didn't cover up we were stealing Directv from OJ Simpson's house. <laughs> no, yeah, one of the yeah, the kid molested his sister and I think another kid too. I, I don't know the story I think that it was well. Two of his sisters, two of his and sisters, like three, three other, other girls, kids. Yeah. Believe, yeah, and and it's like oh, it's okay because he got over that. Right, because he was young, and we should like we should be okay. we should uh, accept the fact that he's he learned from it. We sent him off to like um, some retreat somewhere, so we like those like houses. those the same kind of retreats that cure people from being gay. The same, I, yeah, yeah. So, so similar. You idea. can cure someone from being a child molester, right? It, you know, it's like he. I'm his, looking at you, Jared from Subway. He did his penance because you know, like he built houses or something, and like he had to do hard labor. So that so then it's like they're they're trying to defend that when. Again, another thing is, like, the dad ran for office down in Arkansas, and one of his platforms was on, 
like something to do with like molesting like molesting kids and how you should like the, it should be a very stiff penalty but then of course oh this this was after the fact that he had already covered up his own kid doing it and again coming out it's it's the when you're when like whatever your position is on gay marriage interracial dating like any sort of other like element if you come across as holier than thou and then and you cover stuff up that's worse than that is an actual crime and then you, you're like oh but these people are bad these people are bad we were just trying to do the right thing we were just trying that's when things get bad for you that's when it turns around and that's why people don't like them it's not because they're christian it's because they kept putting themselves out as better than everyone else and everyone else who like had a different opinion different belief system they were wrong but these people were all right that's where like the problem comes in for them and it has progressively gotten worse like the the situation just like has not gotten any better so the son who again already had like was in trouble that they it, of course it didn't come out until the statute of limitations had run out but then it's like then he's still trying to they're trying to defend him like oh it's it's okay like we forgive him and everything oh then it's like then it turns out he was on ashley madison and exactly was, and was having like uh was having affairs on ashley madison on his wife who by the way, like ended up coming out and saying, "Oh, it's probably my fault." He was on Ashley Madison, saw that, yeah. which again is ridiculous. And then there's then of course because this is always the way it happens, there was there were apparently porn stars that he was that he was paying to sleep with who said that he was an he was um, devious there, like he was aggressive and devious sexually with them, and they were like, "Oh my God, that was like he was scary sexual." So it's like he's had this pattern the whole time. The parents covered it up and pretended that they didn't that it was okay, but everyone else was bad. They were okay. That's where the problem lies with me. It's the hypocrisy of we're good and even though we know something bad happened, we're going to cover that part up, but still you guys are all bad. That's where the problem lies and that's why this whole thing has gotten as bad as it has and it's why it's good that their show got canceled cuz they don't deserve it after what they did and how they tried to cover it up and portray other people as wrong. And by the way, uh, you know, I, I love, I love kids. I, I love babies. I have one as you may or may not know. Uh, 19 is too fucking many. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like what the fuck is going on with that, that clan? Uh, so look, it's the one thing, you know, families will step up and try and sweep things under the carpet, whatever it's, it's right. wrong, but it happens right now. The, the secondary point from this is you made the assertion, you know, they're Christian and people are like, oh, well, they're just being, you know, persecuted because they're Christian. No, it's because this guy's a child molester and he or I, I don't know, I guess I, I guess that's not the right term, but whatever. He's a child molester and he cheated on his wife. And it's like you're just going against him because he's Christian. No, we're not doing that. It's because he did those things. It's one of those things that you've run into in so many different circles. It's like, hey, they're, they're, they're like our guys. They're like, we're Christians, so we're going to stand up for them. And people will stand up for other people to a fault because it's like, hey, you just don't like them because they're Christian. No, I don't give a shit that they're Christian. Right. You know, if, you know whatever they were, they, if they were Scientologists or they were Jews or whatever, you know, it, it's fine. Right. It's still 
a terrible bunch of people that I didn't know that much about. I knew there was this show. Right. And it used to be called Less Than 19, right? The number kept changing because they it kept like having eight, kids. Yeah, like yeah, 17. 17, and then they kept, yeah. Yeah, it's like, all right, it's don't be proud of it. You know, like, <laughs> seriously, close your legs once in a while. But, uh, you know, it, there's, yeah, and it's just like, you know, you can't stand up for everybody. And that's right. just like, you know, and it's the thing I get into with Trump all the time. It's like, you don't, you don't have to defend Trump. If if you don't like him, if you do like him, great. God bless you. You're a fucking idiot. But How if you love him, you? if you love him, great. You know, <laughs> hey, Dennis Miller wants to be his press secretary. So obviously, <laughs> obviously, I am in the wrong direction on the Trump train. I I am gonna have to admit that I apparently missed all of it. Everybody else is gonna be happy in Trump Sylvania, but that is not where I'm gonna be. Uh, I I'm gonna be in uh, Ben Carson land. <laughs> no, I have no idea where I'm gonna be. <laughs> I, here's just a, a quick total side yes. note, which is funny because we're making this transition here. I still just don't believe that Donald Trump is going to go all the way with I still him. don't either. I, I feel I, like I, if, I have zero – okay. I'm 0.005% convinced that he's going to be on the ballot in November 2016. I just, and that's the thing. Like I would I, – I don't know – I, I take his campaign seriously because he does get a lot of attention to different issues that people want to talk about. So I get that. No, he talks about all the important issues, how Rosie O'Donnell's a fat pig. <laughs> you know, he makes sure that we were reminded of that. You know, we know that Megyn Kelly apparently bleeds once a month. So thank okay. you, Donald. I mean, listen, some of this stuff is a little nuanced. I mean, I think, yeah, I know. Being, I think you're being a little but for, harsh But there. for comedy, it's always worth it. But it, it's the um, – I just – I just don't believe like if i felt like he was really into it i i feel like i would take i would have a different opinion of his campaign i like that he's bringing up a lot of issues i like the fact that he just doesn't back down from anyone i like the fact that he's an outsider who is not playing political games i like all that there's just there's still just a part of me that's like i just feel like at some point he's going to be like yeah, i'm good i'm worth a lot of money yeah and this was, he's this like was this fun. isn't worth the headache right yeah. i'm gonna like pull back but so I, that's, my, that's sort of my quick assessment of Trump is I, I like him as a candidate. I like the things he's talking about. I just still am not convinced that he's really all in on actually becoming president. So if he was, like I said, it would definitely – I would take a look more carefully at his yeah. campaign. Look, it's, it's fascinating to watch. That, that, that is, that's the part that's not up for debate. Now, uh, Agent Starling, we're talking about uh, – the Duggar Duggar uh, clan, and yeah. you know, you've talked uh, a number of times here in the Blackcast about uh, your faith, and you know, you have a lot of disagreements with uh, people that maybe believe of some of the same things. But uh, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on what I was saying about how you will get a portion of people of any group that does this. I'm not sing- singling out Christians being the only ones doing this. It's just in this instance they are. There are people who are saying, hey, you leave those Duggars alone. Right. No, no, they're terrible people apparently. Right. This, yeah. I think about this a lot recently because I feel like you hear it quite a bit. A lot of people who are Christian. I consider myself a Christian. Um, not as cool as you but close Christian. Yeah. No, no. Um, I mean it's, it's on my driver's license. You don't have that. Right. Uh, no, I do in a very <laughs> – uh, now, when I say liberal, I mean it in the de- dictionary. De- I don't want to alienate any fans. You're not saying liberal with a capital L. Socially, yeah. I, I'm very liberal. Sure. Um, We've talked a great deal about that. Right. Yeah. But uh, I think this idea that Christians are being persecuted is uh, preposterous. It's, t- it's so not happening. Stop it. <laughs> you have the internet, 
and access to a bunch of things and feel like you, for whatever reason, your religion, which has been the number one religion in the world for however long. Still is. Still is. Yeah. Um, is suddenly under attack but Will, by MSNBC. What about the war on Christmas? Um, ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> uh, everybody. Who, who shit? Like, that's the thing is that. Um, what really frustrates me is like when people come out to try to defend the Duggars, it's like, no, you distance yourself from that kind of people yeah. immediately, right. especially if you want to save any kind of Christian face or whatever you believe is, if you believe they're being persecuted, don't stick up for yeah. bad people. Hey, you can say you forgive them and yes. you can say all that good stuff. Do what Jesus did, which is like, Hey, go and sin no more, but you know, Jesus or, or do tax it, collectors. Do it. Prostitutes. Yeah. So I guess there's a degree to which you can be. Well, that's what Jesus. Fine, fine. Right. But don't say that America or the world is persecuting Christians, because when we think about what persecuting Christians really means, it's like in Rome where they put them in the Colosseum with lions and things. I mean that and murdered that, them. Yeah, that's that, right. that's persecution. Yeah. Slavery, yeah. persecution. Yeah. The Holocaust, persecution. Yes. I mean that's real persecution, not people on. CNN being like, well, all these, you know, Christmas, blah, blah, blah. God, I don't care. Look, you should distance yourself, Christians, from the Duggars in the same way that Subway distanced themselves from Jared Fogle. Yes. Send out one tweet right. that says you're no longer involved. Right. And just leave it at that. We're done. Let the, the Duggars will defend themselves or not. Yes. You, know, you don't need to publicly go out and favor You know what? Christians people. do what you're supposed to do well. It's in God's hands now. Yeah, exactly. It's in God's hands now. It's yeah. not your problem. You're not God's. It's- Go, let it, let it be. Let right. it be. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. See, I knew, I knew Agent Starling would have uh, some, some great thoughts to share. But who always had some great things to share with us, of course, is Coltrane. There were a couple other <laughs> items I saw in Coltrane's corner. Okay, you said that like he hadn't been sitting there the whole time. The whole time. <laughs> who it's, else has some great no, thoughts? it's like he came back. That's right, it's Coltrane. See, That's this right. is the thing. People are listening. They don't know. that We actually have saloon doors. Uh, so each time that one of the guys speak, the other one has to go out the saloon doors. And then... Uh, you know, now, partner Coltrane is back in his cowboy hat, which he borrowed from Liev. And uh, he has some other thoughts he wants to share with us. Yeah, so this – another story that I, I, uh, I caught my attention the other day, it's – there was um, there was this teenage girl in, uh, like, Missouri who is apparently – like, she is a transgendered girl. She is um, – only she wasn't – it's like it has – become more like more prevalent recently so she she has come out as transgender she was using a unisex bathroom but apparently now she wants to use the women's bathroom and 200 of her fellow students got up and walked out of class one day because they feel like she's like she hasn't had surgery she hasn't done anything medically she's they feel like she hasn't made any tro- any real sort of transition, and they feel like the women in that in that high school feel uncomfortable sharing locker rooms with her, especially because they did have there was a unisex bathroom that she was allowed to use. the The reason that it's sort of that that I bring it up that I thought about it was because there on one hand you do want to make sure you do want to be inclusive. You want to let people know that like they're okay and things 
you know, like, even if they're different, it's okay. Like, we, we're an accepting society. We'll bring people along. The problem in this case is that it seems like the school was going out of their way more to protect her rights than it was going out to protect the girls' rights in that school. And so all of the girls who felt uncomfortable with it, their feelings were being voided. There was just like, your feelings don't matter. You just have to let this happen. And they feel like, wait a second. We understand that she's going, that she is a transgendered girl and, and that's her thing, but we don't feel like we should be made to feel uncomfortable changing in our own, in a locker room because she wants to join us. And it's, it's an early, early part of the transition. So it's an interesting, to me, it's an interesting dynamic because of that, because you want to be inclusive. You want, especially with people who are going through something that's different, a change that wasn't accepted in, in society before it's becoming more prevalent. People know about it more and they're more accepting of it. But where's the line between what, like trying to make one person feel better as opposed to like ignoring how other people feel about it as well. Yeah. How many kids did you say walked out of class? 200. 200. So yeah. yeah, you want one kid to be comfortable. Yes. But there comes a point where, well, you know, 200 kids are uncomfortable. So how do you make both of those things happen the best way possible? There was the unisex bathroom. Right. A lot of times when you hear this same kind of story, that one doesn't, that actually doesn't exist. Right. You usually have an either or. Well, you have that one. Right. You're going to have to deal with it. You know, right. you can look, everybody can tell you you're special, but you're the one who's creating this problem. So you're going to have to be able to deal with it. And if you're not, I don't know, go, you know, go home. I just feel like, like both sides sort of need to be able to make a compromise. Sure. So it's like, I, I, I don't have a full background on the entirety of the story. It is my understanding that in general terms, the school, like the, the, her, the fellow students accept that, that she's going to make this transition. The girls just feel uncomfortable about her changing in the locker room because at this point, it's she just like she wears a wig and she wears women's clothes, but she hasn't done any of the other transitioning. And it's it was sprung on them this year as opposed to like it hasn't really been something that built up. It was more this year's like sort of when it came sure. across. So if you if in general terms, they are they're trying to be as accepting as they can. And listen, teenagers aren't always as politically correct as you want them to be. No, they are Sometimes not. people can be understanding. Sometimes they're not. And that's, you know, you want people to be inclusive, but you have to, there has to be compromise on both sides. So it seems like they're trying in general terms to accept her. This, they're, like the girls were uncomfortable with. So there's got to be some balance of, we've got to make, we've got to be able to like work to make everybody feel included and better. And if some people are going to feel a little uncomfortable one way or a little uncomfortable the other way, you have to figure out like what the middle ground is for everybody. And that's sort of, so that's the, the issue that I'm, that I'm trying to bring up is just make sure that you understand that there are certain things that we are becoming more accepting of in a society today that we weren't before. And that's good. It's good to be inclusive. It's good to try to learn about new people and different like situations. It's just, there's gotta be mutually exclude like mutual like compromise so that everybody can, make this more comfortable for 
more people as opposed to one person's going to feel good and everyone else is not. Right, exactly. And you use the example that there are the girls in the locker room that don't want him in there changing, don't want her in there changing because they don't want to see her balls is basically what it comes down to. She's not transitioned yet is my point. So it's it's even more complicated than it would be if she had. Uh, Agent Starling, you're uh, sitting over there taking all of this in. Do you have any thoughts on, on this? We hear stories like this all the time. Your thoughts about the importance of inclusiveness, but what about when it seems to exclude the majority of the other students? Um, I think I missed the detail. Why did 200 students, what, what was the thing about 200 students? Because this year, they're, this year the girl is, the transgendered girl is being, is being allowed to be in the girls changing room as opposed to the unisex changing room. That's what, that was what the option was originally. Mm. And now they, the school has said she has to be able to use the girls' locker room, and the girls are uncomfortable with it. Mm -hmm. okay. So that was why they got up. They had a protest where they, 200 students got up and walked out. Right, because right. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, she is not uh, physically right. a girl yet. Right, yeah. She's, yes. Um, one thing that's really nice that I noticed is that you guys are referring to her as a she. Yeah, and I corrected myself when I yes. said he. I actually mm -hmm. didn't mean it. I, there are people that go out of their way yes. to call – Caitlyn Jenner, he, and right. Pajensky in particular always does right, that. Right, right. Um, it's such a hard situation because no, nobody – it's the same thing about like growing up with gay friends in high school when people say it's choice. Or some people are like, oh, they're just doing that. <laughs> it's like right. why in God's name would somebody go, you know what? I'm going to assume the identity yeah. of one right. of the most ostracized yeah. – hated people this on is my, my, just to get attention my, my choice no. is to yeah. right so that's definitely not what's happening but right. the thing that's hard is that this is still such a it's a hot issue but it's a new issue and it's not going to ever certainly not anytime soon be like oh yeah we, we, we got to figure it out <laughs> yeah you know what I mean like yeah done oh we got this right. solution yeah, pre President Trump's got this um, because you still have people being like well I don't know if there's any queers in the changing room I don't know if I'm looking at me it's like they're probably not into you anyway so right. stop yeah. trying to pretend because yeah, first of all you call them queers right so they're definitely not but that's the kind of attitude that no, you yeah. hear and so like I obviously these are teenagers it's a high school so it's yeah. not I think once you get to college you're a little bit more comfortable a little bit right. and I think girls especially depending on the college are like whatever sure um, they can be in high school, you're still figuring all that stuff out even for yourself, your sexuality and all those kind of things. Um, it's like the only way to probably do it safely is to be like, look, we have to designate a specific place for you. And that seems like segregation. Right. Yes. yes. Because yes, yes. we're separate but equal. Right. Yeah. Here's the unisex bathroom where you do all your changing and you do all your stuff. Or here's the proverbial closet which you go into and change. So it's so difficult because that person is now – um, for one thing, it's amazing that they're willing to be out and open about this in high school. That's not off. That's not true. That doesn't happen often, the, the, I guess. Yeah, I mean, look, I to graduated. Be gay in high I graduated. Yeah, I graduated high school 21 years ago, so it's a, it's a little different. It's a much different world. Right there, anybody who was gay in my high school, I found out much, much later. There wasn't like a, oh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe he or I think she might. No, no idea. Right, and they they didn't. You know, you didn't even think maybe. You know, uh, it, it's hmm. much later, uh, in some cases, college, usually much later in life that they were finally comfortable. Right. With. So it's, it's a different world. But 
uh, yeah, high school in particular is still I, the point is that I'm trying to make is that high school is still a world that is one of the least pleasant actually yeah. in terms well, of finding you know, who they are. And yeah, and you the emotions that you have uh, clashing with the uh, emotions of everyone else and mm-hmm. the emotions of I'm going to be a dick to this other kid right now. You know, right. all of that I would just say all wrapped up. 75 per- well maybe that's overdoing it. But I, I I would like to believe that the majority of the the mean-spirited little comments or bullying or things are said out of ignorance because you're young. You know what I mean? Yeah, there are some sure. bullying stories where you hear and you're like, fuck, those kids are just wicked and they do yes. terrible things. And obviously yeah. some of those kids commit suicide, sadly. But every, I, as I think back on high school, I'm sure I probably said some ignorant, dumb shit. I'm sure I know, I know for a fact I did. I definitely did. don't understand yeah. the, really everything about something or someone. And... Uh, I don't know. There's, I can't like definitively be like, this is my stance on this because like I want that person to feel included, and I want every what what you want at the end of the day is empathy. So you want people to look at them and go, okay, there's something very different, but I'm going to uh, I endeavor to understand you and support you. Right. But when you're a 15, 16 year old girl, it's weird. You know what I mean? And it's probably. I guess it's always going to be. Where is this again? Where does this take Missouri? Place? Missouri. Missouri. Ah, well, then that's another. Yeah. Thing. Well, that's a, no. That it's, it's an not important like it's happening in New York or uh, Southern California, where they're or fairly... South Beach. Yeah. Yeah. You um, know. Yeah. It's no. It's a great point. Yeah. I mean, Missouri makes it that much more complicated. You know, that many. You know, there's a lot of different geographical concerns that come into anywhere that you go and there is progress in more places than others yeah and you know missouri does not seem like one of those places that is the most accepting but in general it sounds like you know kids it kind of makes the point that kids are kind of accepting of a lot of things right it's just a lot of times parents and especially those racist grandparents you know <laughs> they uh they kind of slow things down sometimes yeah but uh, yeah no i think I, I think it's a great point and yeah. i don't know i think that my thinking about the uh unisex changing room is that look that's the that's a solution for right now uh, you maybe come up with a, a better solution down the road and you but you're able to you're able to kind of get that to work right now where these 200 students who walked out are comfortable where she's comfortable, and then you you can go from there. Right. You know, like we're comfortable now. Let's see what we can do to make you more comfortable in the future. We're gonna try. That was just the last point I was gonna make. Is like I think it's tough, but like that's where a principal or somebody has to be super open, and honest with the student and their parents, and say we're trying our best. You have to understand and come at it in a totally you know calm way. You have to understand. We don't know what to do with this right now. Right now. But we're doing our best to try to work it out. It seems like a separate would equal scenario where we have them in this other place. Um, but you, we also need you to understand that there's 200 plus kids or probably 1,000 kids in this high school, however big it is, um, who don't know what to do with this either. And so let's communicate often and frequently in our best effort to make this succeed as best as it can. You know what I mean? Like all you can do is have an open conversation like that and go, oh, we want you to know that we care about you and we want this to be an accepting environment. But all we can do is what we can do and come to something together. And if a kid is like, well, no, I just want to change in the girls' locker room. That's what I want. It's like... That's what I wanted in right. school. Well, yes. I, I, I would have... It's hard. I'm glad I, I don't have to deal with if this. I could have, with if I could have you know, filled out an application... Yeah. Uh, that, would I'd you like to change in the boys or the girls locker? I'm going to circle girls every time, mm-hmm. but that's just me. 
Now, uh, Coltrane, uh, there's yes. uh, one issue that I've had on the docket for probably a couple months now. I have to make sure you've seen the video of Paris Hilton on the plane where she was pranked by Egyptian oh my God, television. That is awful. It was terrible. I don't even like her. And that was so terrible. I read, for anybody that doesn't know, uh, an Egyptian television, this was a fairly big story a few months ago, and it always gets pushed down to the bottom of the list because we run out of time, we run long, we talk too much. We get it. We know. But I wanted to make sure that we talked about it at least a little bit. So an Egyptian TV show pranked Paris Hilton and made her think that her plane was going to crash. And so she reacts the way that, you know, I think a lot of us would react when we're 100% sure that our plane is going to crash. Right. We're not going to behave all cool and act like ourselves. And yeah, so there, there's a lot of crying. And sure. um, I heard that she was going to sue them. I don't know if she did. I hope she did because it's like I think a lot of shit is funny. Sure. And, you know, I'm not a big, like, I don't really like punked and, you know, practical jokes and prank phone calls and stuff. Sometimes you have to give it up, though. Sometimes you're like, you know what? That one's good. I mean, you listen, know. when they when they convinced uh, Justin Timberlake that his yes. house was being foreclosed, that was his That's a great funny. one. That one's all right. Funny. He, because he didn't think he was going to die. Right. He wasn't convinced he was going to die. Right. So, uh, and just imagine if he had died, he wouldn't have been able to bring sexy back. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah. I know. Thank God that we still have sexy. But in any case, so uh, talk a little bit about that, your thoughts on just that style. I mean, because there's a – you'd always kind of wonder like how far is too far with these kind of shows and these kind of pranks? This is too far. Absolutely. Definitely. 100% 100 too far. 100% too far. Yeah. There are times when like there are pranks that are funny. And if like if a prank involves like losing your property or something like that can be funny. Again, the Justin Timberlake like his house being foreclosed that was funny because his house wasn't really being foreclosed, and like you said, he wasn't dying. Right. So this is like this is one of the the worst violations in my opinion that you can do because people have to fly all the time. It's just it's the modern world we live in. You have to fly all the time. So this is like this is an actual fear that people have, and it's something that is. That is absolutely traumatizing. So it's like, yeah, you want to like whatever your opinion is of, of Paris Hilton. You want to sit there and yeah, like, but do that, yeah, that part doesn't even matter because yeah. it's like, as much as I don't like her, I'm like, this is a terrible thing they did to her. That's the thing. It's like whatever your opinion is, it's like you know, you, all right, haha, we we want to do something together. That is an awful thing to try to do to to have somebody, especially in a position where you're in an airplane and they make it, they actually have the plane like doing a nosedive. So they, they she actually thinks she's going to die. You have no control over anything at that point. So I, I just think that is one of the most horrific things that you can do to somebody. I absolutely, I hope that she like sued them. I don't, I didn't follow up either. So yeah, I'm not I, sure. heard, I, yeah. I, I she hope was. she did. She was going to. Sue. She yeah. was going to, I, but I don't know. Yeah, this was a while I, ago, so I don't know if she ever actually. Did. I just, I hope she did because this yeah. is. It's like again, funny is funny. This is just not funny. This is awful. You yeah. don't do this to someone that you hate. This is just an awful thing to do. All right. That being said, what if somebody did it to Bujanski? <laughs> I see. Here's the thing. Again, that is just that's yeah. one of those things. No, look, I, look I, just, just I just thought of the question. I wanted to ask. I to didn't me, know the answer. To me, it's the, that, that's a line. Of it's still too far. far. No, yeah. it's fine. I, I agree. I just wanted to know if you were like, ah. no, no, I agree, especially considering <laughs> what a nervous flyer he is. 
Because then he would like go through that and never fly again. Because what if he? You can actually have a heart attack in that, that yes. position. Literally, like, could have had a heart attack. Literally die like that yeah. way. So and, yeah, yeah, horrific. You can't do that. Absolutely right. So uh, yeah, now I don't know how well you knew the story before we started talking about it, Will. But, I heard uh, about it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and again, Paris Hilton's not the issue. It, it, the issue more is these, you know, surprise, the pranks, the, you know, right. all this. Uh, why? What make? First of all, this is Egyptian television. How many fucking television sets yeah, are there in Egypt that anyone can even watch this? There's like eight in Cairo, all at one guy's house. He probably didn't even watch the show. The guy who has the TVs. But anyway, so it just seems like, you know, I hope that she sues them and bankrupts the network. Yeah, it needs to be the extent of like, oh yeah, yeah, we can't do that. That's actually not okay. See, here's the police coming to arrest the Egyptian TV crew. Driving right by. Either that, or Dave the dog just robbed a bank. You might hear him howl. He howls at sirens. He's like, nah, I'm not showing off for the no, black cast. Crazy. He feels yeah. safe. Um, yeah, I mean, I, Coltrane used the word traumatizing, and I think that's the word that needs to be stressed, is that there is probably a considerable amount of trauma that has been caused. And this is like something that you can actually say that. You know, people are like, oh, I was caused great trauma because of this thing. Mr. Miller. Like, no. Yeah, uh, uh, Mr. Miller, I was caused great <laughs> trauma by the Jews uh, and the blacks. Uh, no. Um, they, uh, honestly, you could fuck somebody up. And that's, yeah. I mean, we tend to associate post-traumatic stress disorder, disorder with uh, soldiers and the war. Um, but every time she gets on an airplane... She's gonna, she probably already had that fear, yeah. which everybody does. And to she's going to remember the time where she thought she was going to die. And, yeah. yeah so. um, and she travels a lot, I'm sure. So, so now, to overcome it, she might start drinking. She probably flies virgin first class, gets free booze. Anyway, go ahead. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I hope she sues him. I do hope she bankrupts the company. It's not like she needs any more money, but... Uh, no, no, really. it's not about the money. It's no, exactly. about teaching them a lesson. Exactly. You know, she's not going to like donate the money to charity. Let's not be ridiculous, know, but she doesn't need it. And this will tie into a later topic of conversation, but it's like the stage of development in my mind. Uh, it goes with Fantastic Four, which I says later, but at what stage in development did someone go, this is our idea, and then the next guy went... We're good Great. to go with this. Let's do yeah. this. Let's roll yeah. on. How this. many people said yes? Right. And was there the one guy? Do you think this yeah. is a bad um, idea? You're fired. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What? Yeah. Who was like? Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. go ahead with. This. Let's go ahead and make her think she's gonna die. This is gonna be great. What the fuck. And and then and then on the next episode, we're going to uh, waterboard Nikki Hilton and make her think she's drowning. This is right. gonna be great. Yep, exactly. Anyway, uh, there was a very important issue that we did not get to on the last black cast, and uh, Agent Starling was very upset and because you were so worked up about this. I want you to get yourself back into that place you were in last week <laughs> when you were worked up over this. Yes. Uh, Anthony Horowitz, he's the latest guy to pretend that he's Ian Fleming. He writes these James Bond books that nobody yeah, reads. I, I hate that. Nobody reads them. They're never going to get turned into movies. Anyway, he was asked in an interview, good job by the interviewer to ask a question that, you know, got this much attention, by the way. And uh, Anthony Horowitz said that he thinks Idris Elba is, quote unquote, too street to play James Bond. Agent Agent Sterling Starling, I'm going to go ahead and let you go first. Um, Reaction to the idea that Idris Elba, Luther, 
a copper right. is too street, too street to play James Bond. First of all, you know I've been a, uh, a big proponent yes. of Idris Elba being the next James Bond. And I was – not that this was a casting member. It's just what I wanted and I yeah. was the only person pushing for Idris Elba as Batman. Still pushing for it. Yeah. You know, I'm especially not, when Affleck, gonna go for an older Batman. Yeah, Affleck can't do it forever. Because uh, who gives a shit what color skin the actress? It doesn't matter. Which we'll tie into again, Fantastic Four later, where that wasn't even the problem. It was just a terrible That's movie. That's so not the problem. And it didn't work. Yeah. Um, Idris Elba is an incredibly talented actor. I'm an actor. You know what actors do, Christian? I believe they act. Coltrane, what you know? What actors do? Uh, I believe they act. Yes. That is exactly um, what they do. They are hired to portray different people hmm. than who they are in real life. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, crazy, right? Nuts. Um, so on The Wire, you know, he was a street, quote-unquote, street character. He was definitely a street character. Yeah. Luther, you could even say Luther's a little street. He was a little cop. street. You yeah. know, he was, look, he was, a, he, was a, he was a copper who played right. fast and loose yeah, with the rules. The rule a yeah, bit. a little bit. Um, he's an actor who does that well. Sure. Heimdall? Yeah. Not street at not, all. He's not street. No, Regal, Definitely, yeah. majestic, legendary, plays it well. I'm, there's a, a million other things we could use as an example. Why can't he be James Bond? Yeah. And, the, and we have to admit this because Anthony Horowitz is like, well, no, no, no. That's not what I meant. It's not that issue. It's because he's black. Yeah. No, I, I, I think a lot of people have black. that reaction that like, no, no, James well, Bond's no, not no, black. No, no, no. I'm not saying it because he's black. It's just because of the parts he's played. No, no. It's because he's black. It's totally yeah. because he's black. How uh, can't we say that uh, Daniel Craig in Layer Cake is a little street? Can't oh, he's we say very that Daniel street. Craig yeah. in Casino Royale is a little street James Bond? Cowboys versus street? aliens? Yeah. I mean, he's not that street. He's a little that. dusty. Yeah, he's, he's very dusty. He's a little western. He's a little, he's a little too rural for right, me. Right. He's yeah. Little, yeah. Um, it is totally because he's black. Yeah. And that is that will And you can't say that. Be, you can I mean, you know, he couldn't answer the question that way. No. To be fair. Right. But yeah, I think that that's what a lot of people Then I feel. saw some tweets where it was like, well, in the UK the the term street means something different. No. And then there were other tweets where it's like it and then there were those guys where it was like, Ugh, no way an N-word's ever gonna play James yeah. Bond. He's a white suave motherfucker. Okay. All right. You know yeah. what? At the Academy Awards uh, Idris Elba stepped out in a tuxedo. He did. First of all, incredibly handsome man. Sure is. I don't is. think anyone will argue against that except people who dislike black people, like Anthony Horowitz. Um, very David, handsome man. David Bajenski. What? It's true. Look right in the tux. And I went, it's right there. Yeah. Look, it's right in front of you. Idris Elba's James Bond. He's in the tux. He's he there. Has to be. It's right there. And he spoke eloquently, um, very suave. The British, you know, he's a native to the UK, Christian. Yeah. That accent. It's he real. doesn't have to fake it. No. Um, yeah. I hate the fact that people don't want him to be James Bond. Yeah. Because he's such a good actor. And he's he would so be good. so good. And his skin color absolutely should not matter because it is a fictional character. Um, and I think it's 2015. So we can start bending so those rules the, a little the bit. The way to look at it is like, well, would you, general public, be okay with Idris Elba playing... A different agent, 009, let's just pick. Sure, right. If you're okay with that. And then go, yeah. Well, then why couldn't he be 007? 007. Yeah. Right. It's well, like, okay. Just, he just can't be that yeah. guy. And the thing is, and I can hear the counter argument waiting from most people. Well, what if we cast a white guy, a Shaft? Could we cast a white guy, Shaft? Yeah, but here's the difference. Is that... Shaft is defined by being a by angry being black, black man. It is built into his... Yes. Yeah. 
But but uh, wasp, you know, culture, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant has dominated must m- most of Western culture for many 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 years. Correct. Black people have been oppressed for a good majority of the time that we even know what it's like to be white. You're like we have all this history. Yes. Um, maybe in Africa things were different, but that's that's, that's history that's native the, yeah. to that country. Sure. So in England, in the States, uh, black people, it's only since, what, the 50s into the 60s when we got into the civil rights. And people are like, well, what, when are we going to get over it? That wasn't that long ago. No, that was right. not even 100 years ago. Right. History yeah. is thousands of years old. So when you're like, well, it's not even because, well, why couldn't a white guy play Shaft? Why couldn't a white guy play fill in the blank? Because, No. That's why. Why because couldn't a white guy enough... play JJ on Good Times? Yeah, exactly. Because why can't we have a white midget play uh, what's his face from the show? God damn it! Different show. What show? Oh, what am I thinking of Gary oh, Coleman. Gary, Gary Coleman. Yeah. Um, because... Arnold Arnold Drummond, by the way. <laughs> exactly. Most of these characters are less like superheroes. Yeah, superheroes are primarily white. The fun thing is like how many superheroes are played by white guys named Chris. A lot. <laughs> they have a graph. That's a great point. They have a most graph, of them, yeah. And most of them are played, played by, by white, guys white guys named Chris. Chris. Huh. Um, yeah. So when they're like, hey, Falcon, who was created to be a black character, is black. Okay. And everyone's like, yeah, well, he can be black because he's black in the comic. They just have to be white because they're white in the comic. It's yeah. fictional. Who cares? All right. And, and using your Shaft example, by the way, Black Panther has to be black. Absolutely. You can, he can't well, be again, a white guy. Built into... The yeah. it is not built into Superman's mythos that he be white. Right. It's not built it's into a, and you Batman's know, mythos you know, that he be white. You know who it's literally Rich. not built into is Green Lantern because there totally. is the black Green exactly. Lantern. Exactly. And there was a black Iron Man when Tony Stark was uh, yeah. drunk living out of a bottle. Right. Rhodey stepped up and he was Iron Man. Right. You can have a you can have a black man inside that armor and yeah. Rhodey. It's a goddamn war machine. It's true. You know, you can't go wrong there. Well, let me uh, turn it over to Coltrane yeah. because you might have some insight on the issue of whether or not Idris Elba too street to play James Bond. Yeah, that was a ridiculous uh, a ridiculous argument. And then I I think I saw that afterwards, like when he started to get the backlash, he was like, no, no. Uh, and he tried to name like a different black guy that, that he was like, well, well he could have done it. He... He could have done it because he had already faced such backlash that he was trying to come up with like a, no, no, that's not really what I meant. So I'm saying this guy's okay. So again, this is a good one and that's not a good one, which is what, you know, it's one of those things that I hear when he says that. But I mean, look, everything you guys said is true. Idris Elba is a great actor, so he can play the role. And James Bond, it's, if you look back at what James Bond is, he was an orphaned character. That was, that's like where he came from. Orphans can be anybody. Right. So it doesn't have... That's what Skyfall was all about. Exactly. So he doesn't, it, he doesn't have to be any like, uh, ethnicity there. So I absolutely agree that you know, Idris Elba would be great. I, uh, I hope that he does end up uh, as James Bond because that and would be And by the way, amazing. if he doesn't end up as James Bond, how about he ends up like a James Bond character in a movie before he gets too old for that? Right. You know, if, yeah. it, if it's like he's not going to be James Bond... Well, then why isn't he like a suave, sophisticated secret spy? Sure. Not named James Bond. Sure. I'm just saying. Yeah, if it doesn't happen, I want to see that movie. I will pay good, hard American dollars to see that movie. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, I hear you. And so, yeah, I, there are sometimes when people just are overly conscious of, like, of a certain character's ethnicity 
and it's ridiculous because those characters are fictional and their backstories are fictional and even in their fictional backstories it doesn't specify anything ethnically it's just this is just a character that is coming out of nowhere so this is what we're going to do so it doesn't there there doesn't have to be race for a bunch of these uh, a bunch of characters I uh, couldn't agree more with Coltrane. Now, uh, Agent uh, Starling and I had a great exchange about this on Twitter with a guy named Jeff Winstead. He's at Jeff Winstead. He's the creator of The Alternate, which is available at Comixology. And he had some decent points that I have to agree, but they were facts. And this is something that's based wholly on emotion. Mm-hmm. So his facts didn't really hold water because we're like, yeah, but he's awesome. Right. And that's kind of what we're trumping. But he had some good points. Uh, and uh, MGM wouldn't replace Daniel Craig, who's in his late 40s, with Idris Elba, who's in his early 40s. Okay, sure, I guess maybe not. But, you know, the fact that Idris Elba is older now than Daniel Craig was in Casino Royale, that doesn't mean that he can't do it. Right. It can be a reason why, and, and it's a fine point. Uh, because uh, Agent Starling, you felt like, well, that's not a good enough reason. No. Uh, you know, look, age, age ain't nothing but a number. I'm just saying. Robert Downey Jr. is now in his 50s. And he's Iron Man. Yeah. And he's going to be Iron Man Currently for probably Man. T- probably 10 more years. Correct. I can't imagine that Tony Stark doesn't show up in the next 10 years worth of Marvel movies. Right. You know, not every one of them, but you know, we'll still It'll see him. Yeah. It's going to be a while. And then Rhodey will take over. Sure. And then that'll he, be great. To be fair, he should take over. Yeah. Now. Well, Rhodey? Yes. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's because Robert Downey Jr. is awesome. Right. They need to keep it going. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, but the, the one point that Mr. Winstead made is, you know, yes, Idris Elba is awesome, but so is Sean Connery, and they won't bring him back. And I said, no. yes, they should. That movie would be awesome. And uh, Jeff and I actually both thought of the same title, Never Say Never Again, Again. Again. But that's also like, I'm not a huge fan of the argument where it's like, this dude's old, so you want to? So what? What do you say? You want to bring back an even older dude? But I, I say yes to that. I would love to see that. Right, but you know? that's absolutely not what we're saying. Yeah. we're saying bring no. in a, an early '40s guy, not a '70s. Guy. Yeah, no, no, exactly. And he made a great point, though, our our friend Jeff Winstead, that Connery was pretty street himself. Yeah, he's a very street guy. I think so. Yeah, and you know who isn't street? Roger Moore. And I've talked about how Roger Moore is no, the James Bond I grew up with. I think he was, he was James Street. Bond when I was a kid, so I think of him as James Bond. But he's not most people's favorite. I See, think I it's think safe of, to say that, that uh, Roger Moore is not most people's favorite. Right. You know? I think of Pierce Brosnan. That's sure. who I grew up with. Yeah, exactly. Uh, not Street. No, In very fact, not Street. could still play James Bond to this day as an older James Bond um, because his James Bond didn't do a lot of – like. I mean, he ran a little bit and stuff, but he kind of, like, didn't need to physically do that yeah. much because he was so cool and suave. He was, yeah. Whereas, like, we're watching Daniel, Daniel Craig, Craig right. you know, hanging off of, like, train cars. Crazy with yeah. yeah. Crazy. So, uh, yeah, look, it was, it's, a, it's a great conversation. But at the end of the day, I, if I don't see Idris Elba in a James Bond movie, I would like to see him as a spy. If I don't see him as Batman or Superman right. or whatever, or I want to see him as a superhero. Let him be whatever he wants. He could be what, yeah, exactly. Hey, what movie do you want to be in? Yeah. You know, he's, oh, I'm Luke Skywalker. Great. You can be Luke Skywalker. Good. You want to be Luke Skywalker. You're not going to be worse than either actor who played Anakin Skywalker in the prequels. I'm not singling out <laughs> the guy who was the ghost Anakin Skywalker oh, yeah. in the original. Yeah. To be fair, print. he totally sucked though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, fucking five was, minute shot, five second shot. Of him he was just like anything. he so, was just like Hayden so. Christensen. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, 
Go ahead. The argument that trumps everything is Trump. He's um, a fucking awesome, amazing actor. End yep. of the story. Yeah. No, no, no. It's he's a great awesome. point. And he's amazing. Now, uh, let's talk about something that we've alluded to for many weeks, something that did suck. Uh, Ken, uh, Coltrane, I'm going to assume Ooh. you did not see Fantastic Four. Uh, I did not. Good for you. Good. Unfortunately, we did. So we uh, need to talk about it. And um, I had, I think, a different reaction than you did. I did not like it. I, I did not think it was good. Um, I had a bad feeling kind of all along that they're having this like super serious telling of characters that shouldn't be treated that way. Yes. Um, what I found more than anything overwhelming, the overwhelming feeling as I watched the Fantastic Four, it was dull, flat. I, I remember thinking that it was soulless. There was no spark and there, there was no chemistry amongst pretty much any of the actors. And... I know one thing you want to talk about is the fact that the Human Torch is black and his sister, the Invisible Girl, is white. Well, why didn't they cast a black woman to play the Invisible Girl? If you really like Michael B. Jordan as the Human Torch, right. you, you, know, you, could have, you could have at least auditioned some because Kate Mara was fucking awful. She was so bad. I would have loved Jessica Alba in whatever age she is now, mm-hmm. it would have been fine. I no problem. Great. Come on back. And, and right. if they do another one, which I know they won't, but if they do, Jessica Alba, you're still welcome. You can come back. She makes great, you know, gentle, delicate, baby-safe products, which now, so she's involved in my life in ways <laughs> that I didn't think she ever would be. So, yeah, I'm fine. I, 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 I'm a fan there. And you can uh, respond to that in a moment. Uh, there's, there's peril that arrives late in the movie. There's the sort of like the big like, oh, we got to overcome this. It, 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 it comes up and it's over so quickly. It's like the people making it wanted the movie to be over. What is it? The Doctor like Doom. The you have to stop Doctor Doom. Yeah. yeah. Like and, and it, it happens so, so quick it happens so and it's over like, so fast. This is the middle of the movie, Yeah. Right? And you're like, no. <laughs> and it's like it's over. And I honestly thought that like, you know, the first act of the movie had a lot of problems. But it did at least a decent job of setting up. The Fantastic Four. I don't even think it did that. It did it, look. It did a serviceable job of like, here's these characters. They're in this situation. They're about to become the Fantastic Four. But the word "fantastic" has never been less appropriate for a film, right? Because it's just it just didn't deliver on anything. And I don't know. I mean, I, I like Miles Teller in a lot of things. I didn't like him in this. No, um, I nobody don't know. was good in this. Nobody. Movie. Yeah, literally, no one's good in the movie. And there's a reason for that. Because it, it, I think they were intentionally directed. Yes, not in uh, what's his face, Josh Trank's mind. Not in, not that he thought he was intentionally directing them to act poorly. He's just only ever made one movie. Yeah, this is what happens when a studio hires a director who's successfully made one indie movie to make a big budget blockbuster. Same with Colin Trevorrow and Jurassic World. Yeah, which I still make jokes about because I think it's the truth. Colin Trevor was not hired to direct Jurassic World. He was hired to give back rubs. And make sure people wash their hands before they touch <laughs> the food at the craft services table. Because the studio has control of this. That's right. Just fair. like Fox yeah. had control of Fantastic that's Four. That's true. Um, that's where it got fucked up. It's not to say that Josh Trank is a moron or incapable. And, I, you know, there's rumors between it was the studio problems with Josh Trank. But I think creatively in his mind, he directed everybody specifically to give their lines all at the same tone, level. Everybody talk like this. Nobody ever broke from this moment. They all... Very serious, and so everybody as a result was bad. 
And you know they spent a ton of money on reshoots on this movie, so I can't even imagine. You know, he said that like uh, you know a year a, ago. A year ago, I had a cut that the, the, critics would have loved. And I'm like, really? Because the studio sure felt like they needed to fix it. And look, there's a lot of times where studios get involved and ruin stuff. There's also times where studios should be more involved. True Detective season two. Someone <laughs> needs to quality control, and it's great when creators are given a wide canvas and like do whatever you yeah. want, but. Within reason. Right. You know, and like this is not where he should have been able to do whatever he wanted. I would say that the two Fantastic Four movies with Jessica Alba and Chris Evans and, you know, a bunch of other people. Yeah. And the commish, Michael Chiklis. That's right. Who was a great thing. I, I stand by that for yeah, the rest fine. of my life. He, yeah. Those movies are so much those movies, movies are so much closer to what the Fantastic Four should be yes, than this. This is this is so far off. Right. It's, well, this is, there's not even a Stan Lee cameo. There wasn't. And that's something that's I, how I you know, joke. I, I was like, he's like well, at least it's so bad that Stan Lee was like, I don't want to do a cameo, but it's <laughs> Can I be on an yeah. Agent Carter? Remember when I invented Spider Man? I I didn't give a fuck about the Fantastic <laughs> Four movie. Um it, it's so I said this last week when we talked about Scream, it's not a thing. The yeah. thing is in it, but it's not a thing. I agree. It's like it doesn't it doesn't even follow like an ABC one, two, three act structure. It's like A, F, R, B, and and then you're like, what? And is there's it I don't know, the way it progresses and the setup and everything and all that kind of stuff, it's so I again it, I don't see at what stage in the development somebody went, Yeah, yeah, let's go ahead. Yeah, let's let's <laughs> go ahead with this. This is really working. Yeah. Even if the, I saw Josh Trank's version, yeah. I'm sure it would have a Look, bunch of problems too. And I'd go, at what point, again, the, did they go yes? Ben Grimm would still have turned into solidified diarrhea. That would not have changed in the earlier also, cut. A lot of people had a problem with him not having the brow. The thing has a big oh, brow. Yeah. Not a problem for that's me. That's not a problem for whatever. Me I, 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 Why did he not have pants? Yeah. That's, that's a bigger problem. Why did he not have pants? <laughs> Well, he usually Even only wears underwear. He, doesn't he usually have a only rock wears underwear. Yeah, wow. right, and a rock ass crack. He <laughs> should still be wearing pants. You know why? To eliminate that question altogether. Yeah, that's but true. They gave him no pants. No pants. Yeah. So then everyone goes, "Why is he not wearing pants? Was that not in the budget for CG? Like, well, if we give him pants, it's another fifty million dollars." They're like, "Fuck." Well, now I guess we have to leave him without pants. It is. It is. I describe it as. Only once in my life have I ever been watching a movie that I could not believe was unfolding before my eyes as I watched it. And until that moment, there had only been one. Now there's two. Fantastic Four is a second. The, the first one, one is the last airbender. Last airbender yeah. Where it honestly feels like a dream. And you're sitting in the theater, literally going, right, but start the real movie now. <laughs> yeah, I, I got I, I see. Haha. Funny. Yeah, start, now, start the real movie Yeah, where's now. the real movie? You're constantly, and throughout the whole movie, you're waiting for them to go, we're just fucking with you. Here's a coherent narrative. Yeah, like, and it never happens. And then it's over. And you go, I don't understand. We're how still to feel. on the fifth level of inception. Don't worry, we're going to come right, down. Right, the, yep. the real movie's five levels yeah. down. You're going to get it. The top, it'll be, it'll the top cool. tips over. Yeah, it's fine. It's not a dream. Yeah, it's, it's cool. reality. Everything's fine. That's what I'm waiting for. Yeah, and it no, never I, happens. But, ever. Yeah, the Fantastic Four, to me, it was just more disappointing because it's like, you know, it wasn't going to be my favorite superhero movie. You, those, you know, it's just those characters sure. aren't going to be. But you can tell that story well. And you can tell it in an entertaining way. And yes, you said this on Twitter. And it's only kind of a joke. The Roger Corman one is so entertaining because... Technically speaking. Yes. Yeah. yeah Sorry, it, I interrupted. No, no, but it tells the story that it sets out to right. tell. It tells the story of the Fantastic Four. There's a lot of problems with it. Oh, yeah. It made it very laughable. Yes. But yes. technically, 
It's a better film. It is a much better film. Much better film. Yes. Yeah. Um, the, the thing that's crazy is that it, I don't understand. Like, there are elements to it where, like, some of the music's fine. It's like Philip Glass did some of the music. Yeah, I'm I like, noticed that. Why did you say yes to this? He goes, I'm, uh, Josh Franks, I'm an homage to Spielberg and Cronenberg. Okay, well, where where were those influences? <laughs> um, yeah, there there's there couldn't be there, there's nothing Spielbergian <laughs> about this movie. No, there's not even anything Cronenbergian. Yeah, this. um, and Simon Kinberg, who wrote the script, who's writing the script for Rogue One or some other Star or Wars, Boba movie, Fett or whatever, who's written whatever. a lot of the X Men yeah. stuff. Yes, uh, Days of Future Past, which uh, is a very very good movie. Not even from an X Men standpoint, but from a movie standpoint, it's a yes. good movie. He wrote the script, so I I find it hard to believe that. Either he was having a bad day, or the studio just fucked things up so much, or Josh Trank said there they need rewrites. But Simon Kinberg pulls more weight in the studio than Josh Trank does. So there's such a confusion to me where I'm like, they wanted to blend the two. They were so desperate to cross over X Men and Fantastic Four because they're both Fox properties, and that yes. was the intent. So they had to tonally match the X-Men, which is this dark and gritty garbage. Even though X-Men has some lighthearted moments, they decided that Fantastic Four should be super dark. Yeah. Fantastic Four, by its nature, is not dark. It no, is absolutely silly. The Fantastic silly. Four makes a great crossover with Spider-Man. Yes. There's no a problem. stretchy guy, yeah. a rock guy, invisible a girl, fire guy, and, and an invisible girl. Whose name is the invisible girl. Right. Or you know, invisible woman, well, depending on her age. Yeah. So as soon as you're waiting for Mr. Fantastic to use his power. I always called her the disappearing broad. Anyway, uh, go ahead. <laughs> I remember what I invented. Jack Kirby and I called her disappearing broad, but they said the skirts <laughs> would have a problem. I wish they did. Um, <laughs> I do too. Um, so as soon as you see Mr. Fantastic stretch, first of all, they don't have names. They never identify themselves as any other names. Except for... The very end when it's fucking oh, cliche. He's like, shitty. I think I know How what fantastic. we're gonna be called. Oh, I get it. There's four of us, and it's. Fantastic. I think I have a name for us. Right. Boom, boom. Fantastic Four. So because it's so dark and serious. Yes. As soon as Mr. Fantastic stretches, I went <laughs> in the theater out loud. I laughed because you go, this it's, is ridiculous. It's this funny does you say not that. Exist in this universe. What you presented to me, this like real yeah. serious science. No thing. dude's gonna stretch. Oh, this is a stretchy guy. Hey. Plastic Man, Plastic Man doesn't exist in this universe. Right. Like, oh wait, but there he is. Also, Doctor Doom, totally comic book inaccurate, ends up being the most cool part of the movie. He does even actually. If he's the fucking comic book. Like, if, why is it so hard to adapt Doctor Doom? I don't know. He's such a he's Just a cool Mo character. Gaddafi, who's handsome, make yeah. that character. Yeah, that's Doctor Doom. Gets burned, has to wear a mask. Yes, that's all you need. Why is it so? Hard. Well, it's apparently impossible. So as soon as he shows up, I was like, well, at least something kind of interesting is happening. And then he starts killing people. Even though he doesn't look or story-wise wrong, the design was fun and it was interesting to watch. Yeah. And his powers inex- are inexplicable. But again, interesting to watch. So he just walks down a hallway and kills a bunch of people. Yeah, people's he- yeah, dude's heads throw, uh, blow, blow up. up and that's cool. Yeah, yeah, all right. And I was like, I'm, I'm, hey, something's uh, happening. Yeah, that, right. exactly. You're right. Dr. Doom was a, Yeah. I loved yeah. Doctor Doom. I hated the Fantastic Four, but I'd right. sign up. Leading I'd sign up, up to, to follow Doctor Doom. You think the worst part of the movie is going to be Doctor Doom because he's going to be the most inaccurate? Yeah, that ends up being true—the inaccuracy part. But he ends up being the, the best, best part. part. Yeah. <laughs> he can spin him off into his own movie. How fucking terrible that movie is. Yeah, and uh, we could go. Uh, we we could literally. Yeah, and in fact, oh, I, I know. Go ahead. I have one final comment. Yeah, please. <laughs> on, you know, I do that other podcast. That's what I was going to mention. Podcast you did a, an entire episode on this. Yeah. And my buddy, the host of that show, brought this up and had never thought about this, but he's so right. They have made the Fantastic Four once, and it was great. It's called The Incredibles. <laughs> that's a great, that's a fantastic Tonally, point. Tonally, 
It visually exactly captured color, it. Yes, all of that. Stuff, I definitely agree that with that. Is a fantastic it, form. They're a family. The Fantastic right. Four. Ben Grimm is not family. Right. But they even have a little Jack Jack who could be Franklin Richards. <laughs> oh, who stays at home with the four and a, with his little four and a half jersey. That's right. I love Franklin Richards. Uh, all right. Well, so um, it's not impossible. We do need to, but it's incredible. See, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. Uh, and then uh, our uh, final thing to uh, get to today, we we're not going to get the chance to talk about our excitement and anticipation for the new season, the new series of Doctor Who. Uh, we'll talk about okay. that next time. We'll have more information. Um, hopefully, Coltrane, you're going to be, uh, are you going to be on board for Capaldi? I don't even remember. Did you watch his episodes? Oh, yeah. I'm all in. I just want to make sure. I got to check. I wanted to let you, I had to give you something to say because you haven't talked in a while. Yeah, it's all right. I don't know about this whole Maisie thing, but otherwise, yeah. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. We'll talk about it uh, in, in the in an upcoming episode. But I do want to talk because of the uh, finale for Hannibal. I mean, we've talked a lot about Hannibal over the years that it's been on here. And in fact, we did an entire episode about Hannibal. Right. Uh, I fell behind on it. And as we talked about uh, last week, it was a simple reason. I will not watch Hannibal with Felix in the room. I just feel like, you know, that's the show. That's the show I'm not going to watch with my baby. Could turn around. him into a serial killer. Yeah, be exactly. Dexter moment. I don't, yeah, I don't want any part of that. Um, but the point being that I fell behind on the great episodes this season, yes, not the ponderous. What the fuck? As, as Casey Kasem said, fucking ponderous. Yeah. The, the ponderous, slow-paced, you know, what were those seven episodes that should have probably been three? Uh, two. Uh, you know, I'm going to give them three. I appreci- I actually liked the first episode. Yeah. And then I liked the episode where Jack Crawford had his comeuppance. Yes. Well, actually, I didn't like that episode. I liked that moment. That moment, yes. And that's it. Um, but... The I was always excited that I knew that this season they were going to do Red Dragon right. because they had to do Red Dragon because they pretty much knew they were getting canceled because no one watched the but show. But the plan was always to do Red Dragon in season three. That's what Brian Fuller said. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then he, so they did sort of the, you know, they, they flipped the, the novel Hannibal in the first half of the season, even though, you know, and there are people who were upset that they messed around with the chronology. Look, I love those books and those movies. And if you want them to, be in that order that exists but this is something different right. and i kind of liked what they did that was different um not everything but i thought that they did a really interesting telling of the story of the great red dragon mm-hmm. the tooth fairy right. and they incorporated all sorts of things from those stories that we've seen at least twice yeah you know manhunter and red dragon we've both both of those have been this story right and it, it was different enough, and it was interesting. Uh, although I have no idea where Francis Dollarhide worked, um, it was never addressed. No. You know, it was it was always like a, a film processing place. And Will Graham makes the connection that the home movies from the two families were processed in the same place. Right. Uh, so I thought, you know, we're going to get something like, you know, maybe a digital version of that. He obviously is somewhere where they deal with film stock. Right. And yeah, this is nitpicking. But I'm like, what's well, kind of this kind of a, it's an easy thing to just have the name of a company maybe. on a wall. Like, so what does he do? Maybe one of those episodes you spent pondering nothing. Yeah. You could have used for some Red Dragon backstory. Yeah, I would have loved some Red Dragon backstory. Um, I think that they did a a really good job. Uh, The things that they did were different. Uh, And there were probably a couple that I was like, oh, I wish that hadn't happened. But uh, I thought it it was very cool that he meets Will early on and throws him around after he eats the painting, which was, I mean... 
I was always I always loved that that was what he this guy had to do right was that he had to eat the painting right because otherwise you know it's not going to work if I don't eat the painting you have to become yeah yeah so I have to eat the painting so uh, I thought that was cool um, I liked that not only did he go after Will's family much earlier uh, his family was able to uh, escape without any help from Will being very right. far away and right. not even involved. Uh, I liked that. I that was like, that's cool. That poor guy driving the car died, though. Yeah, that poor guy <laughs> driving. She told him to get back in the car, and he it's didn't true, listen. It's true. So, you know, he didn't have what was coming. He didn't get what was coming to him, but he should have listened. Right. Uh, so I like that, that Molly and Walter were able to get away from the great red dragon yeah. just because he wasn't quiet enough. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, it's great. And I liked how angry he was that they got away. Like, all of that, I was like, this is a great different moment for this character. He's still, like, going after that. Um, it gets into weirder territory as it winds down with Hannibal and Will Graham. Mm-hmm. It's much more reminiscent of the Hannibal, the novel Hannibal, who I don't like as much as the Red Dragon, Silence of the Lambs Hannibal. Because mm-hmm. it's it's all, like, weirder, you know, and it, it gets more into the first half of the season. It's more like that tonally. Well, and by that time, I feel like they'd earned that yeah. tone. Yes, they had. That's true. So... It, it was okay. It, it was fine. Uh, but it, it, it was definitely weird, but it's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the way that it all played out. Uh, like I said, I, I like the differences. And there were still plenty of moments that were word for word right out of the book. Mm-hmm. Like when he's, you know, he's sweet talking. Hannibal's on the phone, sweet talking um, Chilton's assistant to get Will Graham's address. Right. It's still the the same cadence and all that, even though it's, you know, not Dr. Bloom or whatever. It's not even worth mentioning, except I mentioned it. Uh, you know, it, the fact that, you know, it, so that's the same. And a lot of those exchanges that are so good in both of those movies and in the book, well, it's, that's still there because it's good. So why are you going to change it? Mm-hmm. And then there's like, I like that there were little nods to the book. Was like, Hannibal's like, what would you think I would do? You know, uh, take out personal ads or write in toilet paper? Well, yes, that's actually what you did the other two times we right. saw this. So I liked that. I, I liked all of that. I thought it was, they did a great job telling the story in a different way. Mm-hmm. They set out to tell it differently. I would say it's not my favorite telling of the story. I think the Red Dragon movie with Ed Norton is still, it just, it's closer to the book, even though it has this whole section with Hannibal at the beginning that wasn't in the book. But I get it because you want to get more Hannibal in there. Right. Uh, I think that that was the best. Manhunter is good, but that fucking music ruins it. I can't take <laughs> it. And they changed the ending for no reason. Uh, Man, the music in Manhunter is so bad that it makes the movie much worse. I, I just, I can't. Look at it the same way. But anyway, uh, I don't know. So that's what I thought. Um, And i really glad that I noticed on Twitter people started alluding to a final scene in the final episode. Mm -hmm. Because my DVR uh, cut off. And so I hadn't seen it. So I did last night. I tracked it down on demand and I made sure I saw it. And I'm glad I saw it because there's not much to it. But it's like, oh, that's kind of crazy and great. I thought it was great, the last scene at the end with uh, Bedelia waiting for uh, an old friend to uh, have dinner with her. Uh, I was like, well, that's fantastic. So anyway, uh, that, those are my thoughts. Uh, as the uh, season three and honestly the series is over, they're not going to do more. Now, do Whenever anybody not, says they're going to make a movie, they're not going to make a movie. Do you think that Bedelia scene, what, what do you think? Because I was a little confused by that. Uh, I think she knows that he's coming at some point. I don't know when exactly that is, 
but I'm going to assume she knows that he's going to find her very quickly. And it's a peace offering. Um, well, here's my leg. Maybe you won't eat the rest of me. So you feel like, because we're, we're spoiling this. Right? Well, I already People did. So, yeah. It's not definitive that Will throws the two of them off the cliff. Oh, I think they did. I think that they could very easily survive falling off the cliff. It's really? just water. Yeah. See, I kind of wish they didn't have that Bedelia scene. Because I thought that that was really nice. Because we all know it's not coming back. Uh, and if they wanted to, they could even without the Bedelia scene be like, no. But it was so like Rebecca. It was like Hitchcock. It was yeah. like, they had to. oh, it's over. Yeah. They. I did hug, like that. Yeah. And then Will goes, okay, we're off the cliff. And then the credits. And I was like, sweet. We got zero epilogue. Which I yeah. kind of miss sometimes. Sometimes I wish it was just like, and it's done. Um, which is really, really awesome. And when they had Bedelia in there, I was like, oh, wait, well, why is that thing in there? I agree. I didn't, I don't feel like we needed it. I'm just glad I saw it because he right. made it. It was there. I'm right. glad I saw it. That's I true. didn't know it was there. So I had the same thought you did because my DVR ended and it ended on time, by the way. It's not like the, you know, it's like the show ran like a few seconds long or right. something. I don't know what happened. American Ninja Warrior went long, <laughs> I think. I don't even know what was on before. Right. But anyway, so yeah, it was, uh, it's true. I, I, I don't know how much I like the ending of the way that they like have this bonding moment, you know, after well, they, they take care of Francis Dollarhide. But it's – I'm not saying I didn't like it, but I'm saying it's not my favorite you've thing. You've read – have you read much of what Brian Fuller says about the show? Yeah. You know he's gay, right? Yeah. That's, okay. that's what he, that's the way he sees it. I don't have to see it that way. But like, I did like that it came up in the show. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you know, he loves you. It was like one wife – for another. No, right. I wasn't the last wife is what she said. Right. Yeah. I don't know. So I, I yeah. feel like that final scene is like that's them fucking basically. But it thank sounds God. Terrible, I thought I honestly thought they were gonna lean in and kiss. I, I'm that's not how kidding. I feel, but I think that's but what's really they, nice about you it. You can Didn't lean happen, in and put your obviously. head on the shoulder. That's fine. He said he's like, I want it to have all those those things that make you feel that way, but it never goes there. And it never yeah. does. Um and that's I think that what made it obviously as some people I feel like if you told that to them they'd be like, no. No, no, they're just friends, no. right? There's uh, crazy. They're just people. bros who go out and like kill dudes no, together. It's cool. Gay. The yeah. whole show, super gay, super gay. And yeah. but that's fine. And I think that moment was really like nice. It was a cool ending, and then you know, for this cliff, for this like, series, really it was a fitting ending for this series that right. they, they go off the cliff together. Right. Um, but yeah, so you know what though, I, I was pleased with the ending. If they hadn't dragged their feet for the first six or seven episodes, soon as the red dragon was introduced. It, once it went back to being a coherent narrative, I was yeah. like, and we're good again. Yeah. There are a couple of weird scenes along yeah. the way, you know, but, but that's fine. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think they did a great job, and as I, I've enjoyed the show all the way through it, I feel like we're not going to get any more, but uh, no. that's all right. right. At some point, we'll get new stories of Hannibal Lecter, just sure. not this series. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that we're going to get another book because the last – one in that chronology was 1999. Like Hannibal Rising was a prequel. Uh, but it's weird because that guy Thomas Harris, he's only written like five books. Hmm. One of them has nothing to do with Hannibal Lecter. Red Dragon has him in it a little bit. That was in 1981. Sons of the Lambs is, I think, 88, maybe 87. So it was a long time where he didn't. Right. And then Hannibal was in 99. So that's a really long stretch. Hannibal Rising was only a few years later. So I always felt like that was a cash run. Um, but yeah. It was like, oh, yeah, well, if I write another book, they can make another movie. And yep. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's going to write another one. But uh, I always appreciated the fact that it took him so long to write these books because it takes a lot to think the way that these people do. To come up with the very specific 
Just the crimes that the Red Dragon commits. Great, that's complicated. Then you come up with why he did it mm-hmm. because he's, uh, he was becoming the Great. Well, that's fascinating. Right. So there's just so much to it. I don't know. I mean, I think it's, there's a whole very rich world that the show did a good job on exploring. And uh, I'm glad that I was along for the ride. But God, I wish that first half of the season was better this year. Me too. Because then maybe the show would have had more people I watching it. I think that it. had a big thing to do with it. Yeah. And it's like, well, you reap what you sow when you decide you want to get all fucking artsy. Yeah. Well, so it's not the time or place. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that uh, brings us way past our time. But uh, I wanted to get all these important things in. Uh, I want to uh, thank, as always, Agent Starling and Coltrane for making the time out of their busy schedules to uh, do some black casting. It uh, always means a lot to me, but it also means a lot that everybody who listens at home or on the go, I guess you don't listen at home, you take the black cast with you, you know. I get my pump to the black cast. You've, you've got to get your pump to the black yeah. cast. Yeah. Just think, if I hadn't lost that uh, interview with Mr. Speed, you would have listened to that one. Would've. You would you would actually heard some great conversation about Kiss. You would have enjoyed it. The rest of the world would have enjoyed it too. One day, the world will get to enjoy that. But uh, thank you, uh, Agent Starling, on Twitter at WillStarling underscore. I am Christian Blatt at Christian DMZ. The black cast, of course, at Black Cast. Coltrane is at Coltrane Leaks because you haven't said anything in so long. I'd like to let you have the Jerry Springer final thought, final word, whatever you'd like to say to the people. Well, you know, I'd like to take this time to... uh, Nah, that's it. I'm done. Ah, that's another thing you're never (laughs) going to do, Sammy. We'll see you next time on the Black Cast.